Hey, welcome. <laughs> I hate yelling, hey. Welcome to the Mankind Podcast, though. My name is Justin J. Girdler, and I am the host of the show. Uh, we have taken a couple weeks off just coming into the new year, and man, I, I missed it. I genuinely did. But it was so good for me, one, to just get some time with my family, catching up and getting them kind of ready for this new year ahead of us. Uh, and also just to get my guests ready. Um, we got some incredible guys coming up and I'm really thankful for the men who've said yes. Um, today is one of those men and I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Ben Sledge, uh, who's not just a personal friend of mine, but somebody I have um, just gotten to really watch as his story has unfolded for years. And you're going to get to dive into that story because it is such a powerful one. As we go through this, there might be things that I would encourage you to be thinking about in your own life, whether you are a veteran or know a veteran. I think what really comes through in this is that we all are dealing with something. And so as we go through this, uh, I think it'd be awesome for us to be thinking about our own health. How are we doing? Kind of do that little, you know, check on our our pulse, man, what am I bearing down deep? And how can I grow from that? Uh, is my is the stuff I'm not dealing with coming out sideways? And so uh, as we go through this, it's going to be an awesome story, but I also hope it's an awesome lesson for you on all the things that kindness and genuine relationships with others uh, can bring into our life. So without me talking anymore, um, we're going to dive into it. Mankind Podcast, a podcast committed to helping and highlighting men who are making the world a better place in three ways. Uh, we are having a space to talk about mental fortitude and emotional intelligence by identifying the tools that break down silos and fight against polarization and by creating a community of stories. Hearing from men on the front lines of kindness, whether in leadership roles or working quietly unnoticed in the shadows. If you believe kindness can make a difference in the world, but don't know where to start, then welcome to the Mankind Podcast with me, your host, Justin J. Girdler. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I'm really excited about today. I have on the show a really good buddy of mine, Ben Sledge. We've known each other 12 years yeah, for eons. It's for eons. Short, shortly after I got to Austin, after I got home from Iraq. We met at that point. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, through through some mutual friends. Yeah, uh, I think it was Josh. Yeah, Josh Reebok. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we've stayed in touch and been able to hang out a number of times, but you have, uh, you've moved away. Uh, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about what, what you do. Uh, you're an author, graphic designer, a veteran. I mean, you, you have like all this stuff that is really all over the place in some ways. And yet somehow you have made it one cohesive, like brand and who you are. You have a new book coming out <laughs> called, uh, yeah. where cowards go to die. Uh, that's just mm -hmm. about your story and what, honestly, what a lot of people go through, a lot of men go through, uh, women too, uh, as they move from, uh, a combat military background into kind of their next chapter of life. Is that a fair way to put it? Right. Yeah. It, yeah. The book, just to give a quick synopsis, basically takes you from 
my time growing up in the 1980s, 90s, 2000s, and then on into, and I, I kind of pulp fiction it where it's like you start out in Afghanistan, then you're in the 1980s, then you're back in Afghanistan, 1990s. So you kind of get these like decade snippets of my life that way you have that backstory, but it ultimately encompasses like my journey through war and where I ended up deriving, you know, purpose, meaning and direction. And I, and eventually volunteering for another combat tour and then the struggle to come home to a country that no longer feels like home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I think one of the things that I wanted to do specifically was I meet with so many veterans now that feel like we're not necessarily represented in a lot of the literature or the movies that are coming out because they're, you know, and this is not a knock against these guys. It's just been the people who've been getting book deals and movie, you know, uh, exposés or whatever we want movie, movie deals. And they, um, it's usually about a Navy SEAL, um, you know, in some major heroic action or they're a sniper and they shot everybody and they, it doesn't necessarily deal with the, the complexity, the barbarity and the humanity that is involved in war and combat. And so you have like an entire generation because you, you have to realize like that's that's like maybe 0.2% of the military. So you have the rest of the military going, well, what about us? And uh, and I wanted to write that true to their experience. So um, and, and give them something to look at and then also encompass my own journey of faith, because I was like, basically, by the time I was in Afghanistan, I was just like, nothing matters. We're all just barbarians. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> that is not the guy I've known you to be. You've always been. <laughs> um, in some ways, like you do this really cool, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve and yet you're very disciplined. Like you're, you're not like a, like some people say like a bleeding artist, like you, you are a bleeding artist yeah. in some ways, but you're also very disciplined. And I think that's some of your background. I was just curious kind of what, maybe even before signing up for the military, just kind of what was your upbringing? Like who, what made you, who you were leading up to that point where we're all barbarians? Yeah. So I was always the artsy kid. Um, and, and we'll get into this later, but uh, I, I found that, uh, later on in life, I, I read this Renaissance icon named Benito Cellini, who said that a well-rounded man is a, a warrior, an artist, and a philosopher. And I was like, man, I love that. That's that's true. Like there's there's this balance. And in times past, we called it, you know, the Renaissance man or polymaths. And uh, but growing up for me, I was I was fully embracing the uh, the artsy side. I was, I was the creative through and through. Like by the time I was three, I had like a pen or a crayon in my hand. I was drawing in- incessantly. And so when I got to like high school and I was very shy at the time uh, and my parents had to work with me a lot because I would just stare at the ground instead of talking to people. Um, and they said I would walk around like a dinosaur half the time too. So I looked really weird with just like kind of my hands, like, you know, stomp. It, it, it's just this weird kid, you know? Um, but that also will attract bullies, uh, unfortunately. And uh, by the time I was like in sixth grade, you know, I had found music as a creative outlet. I got really involved into like the metal genre because the guitars and everything just really spoke to me. Man, I remember when I, the first time I heard, you know, uh, Paradise City and same thing for like Motley Crue. I was like, these are my people. Yeah. And, uh, and that 
man, I got, you get picked on when you're like the goth metal skater kid, um, who's into like the grunge and alternative lifestyle. You didn't have a, you didn't have necessarily a tribe yet. Like those tribes hadn't really developed. They they were starting to develop, you know, you, we were, you could always kind of spot your own. So you're one, you're artsy, you love art. And then two, you know, you're the, the metal kid, it's dude, just vultures left and right. But Mm -hmm. I was still very shy, very, had a very tough time, but you know, my family history is one of, of, um, you know, very long military lineage. So it was something I knew that I always kind of wanted to do. My my grandfather was a paratrooper in World War II with the 82nd Airborne. Uh, my great, and then my other grandfather, he served uh, just in Fort Bliss during World War II, but my great uncle, his brother, stormed the beaches in the Pacific. And then we had wow. everybody who was in like World War One. My grandmother's, uh, her dad was in World War One. I. I mean, it just, it just goes back and back and back and back. It's like the sledges are just like warriors. We were just warriors, yeah. It's and it runs in the blood, and it's super strange, and I don't understand it. Hmm. But it's just kind of that thing. But I was still this artsy kid, you know, who's trying to figure out like what all of this looks like, and eventually. Um, you know, I'm getting I get beat up and I, and when, when that happens and you, you develop like these core wounds and, and my core wound and the message was, was that I was never enough because of who I was, because who I was, wasn't acceptable to other people. Mm. Overnight, I tell my mom, I say, Hey, I want to get a haircut and, uh, we need to go shopping. And, uh, I literally become like totally changed my appearance. I went from shoulder length hair to short frosted blonde tips because like that's like late 90s when like mark mcgrath's coming out you know with like sugar ray it was like he's a pimp so i should probably be like that dude and uh and then (laughs) and then i started shopping at like abercrombie and fitch and suddenly i'm like getting invited to like cool kid crowds Mm. which was confusing because i mean teenagers are superficial and fickle like that and eventually I, i realized i didn't really fit in with them and I, I found a group of friends that I really like and enjoy. And I'm still friends with to this day. And we were just kind of this weird eclectic blend. It was like, man, we were totally into metal and like, we would go to concerts and mosh and like, you know, throw our hands up in the sign of the horns and, and all that. But, you know, we just kind of dressed like the average kid during the time. And uh, by the time I was uh, 17, I realized like, you know, it's, it's, it's my time to serve my country. I didn't have the background where kids were like, you know, my parents were neglectful and like we're my parents and I were still super close. My dad and mom have been huge influences on my life. Um, and you know, we're, we're super tight, but, um, I think that sheltered environment was really kind of set me up for failure in the end. Mm. Um, because by the time I got to, to war, it was this whole other thing, but so yeah, that's, that's kind of how like, I, you know, my artsy background moved into, um, you know, kind of the military too. It's just family history and way to pay for college. Uh, and then from there, everything got crazy. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I can keep going with that story, but I don't, I, that's, that's the background that you asked for. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah. Um, I already hear, I mean, what's kind of amazing is, and I know this is kind of where we're even driving toward in, in a lot of ways is I hear a lot of things about like just high level of awareness of your identity. Oh yeah. Yeah. That 
just in some ways community, but you were really seeking out things that were affirming this, this, yes, that's who I want to become. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that was the tough part too, because in other ways I caved to culture and I wasn't who I was, I was meant to be, you know, sure. like, I mean, it's, a um, cur- it's in some ways it's like a current, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's constantly moving. We wade into the river and, and got to figure it out so from there. It's been so weird too, because like, because of those core wounds that I had as a kid where people were like, you're a skate faggot, you're the art fag, you know? Um, and, and just like, you know, really just homophobic slurs, the whole thing just towards me. Uh, and that, that began defining so much of my identity. And I was like, well, I can't be these things. I have to be who everybody else wants me to be. And like, that's, that's the message that so many men I think get uh, throughout their lives. It's like, I am, the person that I am is unacceptable to society or my family or friends at a whole. So I'm going to wear this mask and this facade, whatever this, you know, version of masculinity is that is ambiguous and nebulous and kind of weird. Um, and I don't fully understand, I guess I'll do that. And it's going to focus around aggression or, and, you know, never showing my feelings or, or whatever it is. And that, that was effectively what I bought into like everyone mm-hmm. else. How did that look in your twenties and thirties? I want to go back to the military, but yeah. Um, but, but just speaking to your twenties and thirties, whether it was military career or not trying to be something else, how did that play out in your life? And what we're kind of like, there might be some people going through that right now and they may feel again, you're kind of caught up in a current of like, I don't, I get, no, this is who I am. And then but you realize like you've put something else away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not until you kind of get out of the river that you realize like, man, I, I got swept downstream from where I wanted to be. Well, I was, I think the tough thing is, is I was always still the art kid. The thing that I had done is I just kind of trapped him in a box in my heart. And I was like, that dude's got to die. Like his, mm. the, the sensitive guy that cares about people. Like I can't have any of that. And some of that really was the military just because of the discipline and everything. And when you go to combat war, there's this aggression and you have, you have to have it to survive. Like you will not survive if you are not an, in some ways, an absolute animal. There's no softness in war. Like there's, it's just not like that doesn't exist. You're killing people. You know, you can't be like, let's shoot flowers out of a gun. (laughs) You know, it's not going to work or sing Kumbaya. Like they're going to kill you first and you have to decide, am I going to live or am I going to die? And that's a hard spot to be in because there's another human being across the barrel, you know? And ultimately you decide what type of person am I? Am I a type of person that kills another human being? Mm. Yeah. Now, and I want to um, say for our listeners who don't know this, you've, you've been in combat, you have been shot mm-hmm. at and had to shoot back. Like, yeah, there's footage of it. I've, I've had the privilege <laughs> of getting to see of yeah. I mean, you right in the middle of firefights. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that we do this podcast on kindness and I love getting to bring veterans on like you on. And I'm looking forward to getting some more on Cause I think you guys have a incredibly unique perspective on humanity in general, because you guys have seen some of the worst of it. Oh yeah. And I know there's the worst of humanity by far. Sure. And, and, and yet you've got to come out of it and try to understand you guys are fighting for something that most people can't wrap their heads around, whether it's democracy or, you know, new opportunities for countries. Like there's something that you guys have done and you guys experience, like you were saying before, like, so many veterans who come to you and say, I don't know how to do this. 
I don't know how to do life out of the military because, because some of those identity pieces, they can't figure out who they're supposed to be. You mentioned earlier, we were talking before we started recording the warrior and poet yeah. side of things. And I, I thought it would be cool for you to share because we're, we're going into these pieces of like the kinder, like you have to put that artist away and lock him up. But what's the healthy version that, that should have been, you could have striven for in the military, out of the military, like things you've come to understand looking back. Yeah. It, it goes back to that, you know, the well-rounded man thing, warrior, artist, philosopher, you know, it's a deep thinker, it's creative, but also it's saying it's the person who's not afraid to fight for things that they believe in. Mm-hmm. And in so many ways, I, I wrote this article forever ago and like the whole toxic masculinity thing came out and it went like stupid viral and just got picked up by everyone. And it was called today's problem with masculinity. Isn't what you think uh, it was on medium and uh, they pimped it out everywhere. And the, the premise was, is that basically, you know, most of us grew up with these father wounds um, and if you look at like kind of the fatherlessness in, in America, it's, it's, it's an endemic issue uh, that is continually, it's, it's either kids grow up in a home without a father figure present. So it's the mom who takes care of them or they have dads that are home, but emotionally and mentally, they're just checked out, you know? And like, that's why you see like all these, <laughs> it's kind of the cliche of like the spoiled brat who has everything, but that doesn't have like their dad's love, you know? Mm. And there's actually a study on this that John Hopkins University did where they studied like, like these major issues like uh, suicide ideation, malignant tumors, like basically all the worst stuff you can imagine to see if there's any correlation between them. What they discovered after 30 years of study was that a lack of closeness to the parents, especially the father, was the predicator for any of those, those sicknesses and illness, mental health issues. Whoa. Yeah. That blew me away. And I was like, I was like, man, John Hopkins bringing the thunder, you know, um, that's, that's science. Yeah. I was like, just science y'all. Uh, so w- within that, the, the thing is, is most men grow up because of that father wound emulating whatever their friends do. And it becomes a Lord of the flies, you know, mm. uh, you're in, in that environment and you're just like, who gets the conch shell? Who's the alpha male? And then that guy goes and he might have a toxic dad at home. So it's like, well, let's talk about football and, and, you know, chicks. And that's like kind of the, the thing. And then people like me who are the artists, the musicians, the creatives, you know, uh, they can get ostracized by that overbearing father at home or toxic father. Who's like, Oh, that stuff, you know, Oh, well you listen to that devil music or why are you such a weenie or whatever it is. And within each man, um, I believe there's a warrior and a poet, you know, and no matter who you are, you're going to lean more one way. Um, And for me, I I kind of vacillate between the two because I've I've just always been that person. Sometimes I'm more of the warrior. Other times I'm more of the poet, you know, and, um, you know, just not to, to get into, I think this is just such a great example, but not to get into like, you know, biblical themes or anything of that. I, I mean, faith is important in my life, but you know, I want to be respectful of your listeners. But if you look at like King David and everybody knows David, as far as like from, you know, David and Bathsheba saga, that's a dude who was like emulated both really well. Like, cause you played a harp. I'm like, I'm never going to play a harp. Like, even for me, I'm like, mm, it's a little 
much of a stretch. Like I don't write poetry either, but I have friends who do, you know, that, that write really beautiful thing. And if we think about it, poetry in so many ways is a lot of the lyrics to songs we listen to. It's, it's mm. literally poetry. Yeah. It's just set to music. Yeah. And then, um, you know, writing and showing our emotions and, and, uh, and not in like weird ways, but like in ways that actually matter, like not being afraid to hug another man and like, you know, show affection and, and closeness and all, and all of that. that. Those are just good hallmarks of masculinity anyway. Um, but you, you may be more sensitive, like that's yeah. okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But then there are those of us who are geared more towards the warrior lifestyle where it's like, man, I, I find purpose and suffering with other people. Um, I find, you know, meaning in protecting, like we, men are very, you know, very much, we, we have this, innate desire to protect and provide like i don't care who you are like ask any husband who's the breadwinner what it's like and losing your job that's just it's crushing in in so many ways because you feel that pressure and it's a pressure we put on ourselves so uh, inside every minute i think there's there's both you know and there's there's tinges of the warrior tinges of the poet and you can kind of walk both between those lines and the problem is is we are snuffing one for the other a lot of times and uh and because of that we're learning from like our friends it's this lord of the flies environment and then society is like what is wrong with men and i'm like well, we, where's our role models that we have to look up to yeah um and that becomes extremely problematic so, yeah. So, so in some ways we're, we're allowing guys who have the conch shell in some ways, like I said, turns the Lord mm-hmm. of the flies who are going to toxic versions that we've seen in the past, because I mean, and, and even while we're doing this podcast is like, when we yeah. talk about kindness, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a sissy word. You know, kindness that's for, that's for pansies and but that's not true historically because if you look at the stoics they had their virtues and temperance and compassion just another i think it's even a deeper word for kindness were the hallmarks of Mm. of that movement and that environment and it was emotional regulation too not letting like your anger get the best of you to lash out at other people so it, yeah. For people who are like, oh, it's such a, I'm like, no, that's like a very manly historical virtue that, yeah. that we need to embrace. Yeah. And I think so many men today, like you said, we struggle with that because we don't know how to express ourselves because we just mm-hmm. bottle it up. It comes out super sideways. Um, you know, we take the things that frustrate us or anger us. And like, I mean, the guy who, who loses his job, but he can't go to anybody to talk about it. You know, the guy who like, he's up for a promotion, but he's, he's getting ignored or the guy who can't, he doesn't feel emotionally connected to anyone, maybe even his spouse or his best friends. If he's, you know, whatever it is, doesn't have anywhere to go. And so, I mean, to what you're saying, like it's leading to tumors, it's leading to suicidal tendencies. It's like, we're seeing it all over culture, which is why I think this podcast is so important. And one's like, it. I mean, there's other guys doing amazing work like this for men because we're not processing. Like it, there's kind of this, like, what'd you call it? There's a super storm, right? Of guys who are just struggling to f- launch their lives. I'm taking that I think directly. most of us are, lo- are lonely too. Like you look at a lot of the guys, they have the dudes that they watch the game with. And like, for me, you know, I have the same thing. Like there are dudes that I love just, you know, catching up with, grabbing a drink, go to the sports bar, whatever it is, watching the game. Like I'm all about that. But 
where the deep connections, like you're not going to bond over just like, you know, watching sports every week. Like, do you know about their life? Like what they're struggling with? Like, how's their marriage going? You know, how are their kids? How are, how's their single life going? Their dating life, like all of that. And we were so good at like everything being skin deep and like glossing over those details. Cause we just don't want to appear weak. Yeah. And yet like vulnerability is like the most courageous thing you could possibly do. And it's just, it's, so we stay lonely and we just don't talk about like, you know, what's eating us from the inside out. And we don't develop those bonds that we need with other men, like through that, those connection points. So and that's, I think that's beautiful right there. I hope, I hope a lot of guys really heard that, but if people want to find you online, where should they go to check you out? Uh, I would just say my website is one, you can literally Google my name, like everything pops up. Like, so if you, if you Google Ben sledge or even Benjamin sledge, it's, it's all me. Um, so my books and stuff will pop up. Um, you know, Benjamin sledge.com is my website. Uh, medium is where most people find me as far as my writing. Uh, I've got about 40,000 readers that follow me there. Um, and so that's, that's just, yeah, you're, you're going to find me simple as that way. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and the new book, uh, where cowards go to die mm-hmm. is coming out this year. Yeah. July 5th, man. It's supposed to come out in March, but COVID. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Supply that's awesome. chain interruptions. So there you go. Well, you'll, you'll be having a nice cigar on July 5th. Dude, for real. I'm going to be like, well, I'll probably do an interview that day, honestly. So <laughs> Hold on. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can't. So that's the thing. I've had to give up cigars and I have asthma oh. now because of the burn pits and in Afghanistan and stuff. Uh, so, well, yeah. for people who can't see, you're wearing a shirt that says Jesus Christ, whiskey, tobacco, and heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it, what's funny is, it's like, I'm like, I'm like, the priority is up at the top, obviously. Yeah. And I love good bourbon whiskey, but, um, yeah, heavy metal's my life. <laughs> heavy metal should go right under like the Jesus part. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I love it, man. Hey, I've loved the conversation and um, I want to do a part two sometime. For sure, man. I've out. got lots to say, of course, but yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. All you right, man. One. Well, I loved having that conversation with Ben and my goodness, um, I feel like I have to apologize because when we have these interviews, I don't always know how the edit is going to come together, but um, I had to cut out all the content um, to really focus in on the topic of kindness. I really had to cut out the information about Ben's time um, in Afghanistan and his tour in Iraq, Uh, but I just wanted to give you guys just a taste of it. So uh, here it is, a little preview of what you're going to get next week when the full version drops like i woke up I like had gone head first in a wall my wrist is shattered i don't even know i'm hurt like there's shrapnel on my lower back i can't find my buddy and i'm i see this door has been blown off the hinges and it shot him into this room where like all these tables are and it looks like a toddler's thrown a tantrum everywhere if that doesn't make you excited to hear what else is on that episode. Um, I don't know what will, but I want to encourage you, go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. The way I do our interviews is I try to have a a shortened version. The full length, which will be closer to an hour, will drop 
next week. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss that. If you want to go deep, you get the deeper version. And this one is absolutely incredible. So I want to encourage you to do that. Go ahead and hit subscribe. As Ben and I were wrapping up, I asked him, I was like, what do we say for people who are struggling, uh, ex-veterans specifically, they're struggling with PTSD, struggling with being back home and finding a purpose. And he recommended a program called Heroes and Horses. Uh, that's located at heroesandhorses.org. And just as I was exploring the website, it's really clear that they are helping soldiers uh, take the skill sets that they've learned and not put them away and not get rid of them, but learn how to retool them for the next season of their life. So incredible program. Check that out, heroesandhorses.org. And hey, I am so excited you've been here for this episode of the Mankind Podcast. My name is Justin J. Gertler, and I just want to encourage you uh, this week to choose kindness, because when we choose kindness, we can actually change someone's world. Mm-hmm.